Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson here on this Wednesday. Uh, we're going to get back into the defensive side of the ball. We talked about some of the rankings from ESPN that were ranking units, entire position groups, team by team, 1 through 32 in the NFL. We did offense yesterday. Today we will get into the defensive side of the ball, Matt. And then uh, I believe at the end they have a full list of the composite grade yeah, right, yeah. of the entire. And I think that one will, will be the best where we can kind of argue about it a little bit because I, I didn't have a ton to argue with just some minor quibbles, but you had a few minor quibbles up. I'm interested to see how it goes here with uh, the composite rankings at the very end of entire teams, but defensive units on today's show, a little bit of news to get into first. This is an interesting one and obviously nothing came of it, but According to the New York Post, ESPN approached Rams head coach Sean McVay about leaving coaching altogether and joining the Monday Night Football broadcast team. Interesting. And this news comes out with Hard Knocks, you know, opening last night. I watched it. My son loves it. I I mean, I'm into it, but obviously there's some McVay stuff there, you know, behind the scenes. They show him in his pool with his dog. And uh, even before that footage, though, First off, he'd be an awesome get because he's very energetic. He's extremely smart. He's got this photographic memory that he'd be great in the booth, in my opinion. I mean, he's not a stiff. He's not nerdy where he just knows X's and O's. I think he communicates well. He's young. Very Gruden-like. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And But from what I know about him, I can't imagine him not coaching. But you mentioned Gruden, and I probably would have said the same thing at Gruden's stage of his career. Essentially, as far as it got is – quote, a conversation was had. So that that, that was okay. that. But they tried. And, I mean, good on ESPN. They thought, well, who would, who would be the best gets? Maybe the Rams, they didn't have the greatest season. But, I mean, that, yeah, there's that's way too early. That's something that he's 34 years old. He's still, right. I mean, maybe in 20 years. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the best seven or eight coaches in the league still. I know a little the the shine is off his star, but I don't think that's, you know, legit. He would get hired in a heartbeat. I think people were clamoring for him and yeah, doesn't add up to me from why he would want to do it. Elsewhere in coaching news, Buffalo Bills head man, Sean McDermott signed a four year extension that takes him through 2025. Well-earned, I think. Yeah. Well-earned. I mean, obviously they brought the Panther business model north to Buffalo a few years ago and weren't looking for quick fixes, have built a foundation, a very smart team, in my opinion, in terms of let's do it right, let's build for the long term. And quarterback aside, I mean, I'm sure when we talk to the defensive ranks, the Bills will be all over that. They've done a really good job with the roster, and that's not a cut on Allen. I think it's just a question mark with him. And I think they strive to be one of these organizations with great continuity, the long-term big picture, and McDermott seems perfect for that. I'm going to rattle off three reports here about NFL running backs this season. You tell me which one of these jump out to you, if any, Indianapolis Colts, which this backfield is very intriguing to me, Marlon Mack. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor, the, the the young rookie, the high draft pick. Coach Frank Reich said Wednesday that Marlon Mack is the starter, but the Colts will go with a hot hand approach in the backfield, which means starting snap two after week one, 
it's wide open, right? Even though uh, Marlon Mack might be, right. quote unquote, the starter. Um, looking at the New York Jets, Le'Veon Bell says he's trying to get down to around 210, 215 this season, which I can't imagine he's been at that weight since maybe college. You saw him early on. He's listed at 225. Um, and so, you know, that'll help him, you know, as he as he gets older. And Adam Gase was noncommittal about how much he would give Le'Veon Bell. He said he wanted to keep him fresh. He wasn't the youngest guy anymore but you got to believe he's going to be the three down back and and why not ride him as much as you can if you're the Jets and then in Las Vegas Josh Jacobs himself said his goal is to catch at least at minimum 60 passes this season what are your thoughts on those running back reports interesting you know we're getting these blurbs now of real football stuff I you know I could kind of take or leave, Mar- leave Marlon Mack. He was my 25th ranked running back, and I was kind of straining to you know who's who could be that guy. But he's fine, and he's had success, and he's worked out well for them. I think that one's just a matter of time before he's not the hot hand. Yeah, and, and even in passing downs, I mean, I think that's Naheem Hines too. So uh, I think his days are kind of numbered. But he's the bird in the hand. I just like what's in the bush a lot better. Um, Lev Bell, I didn't realize that, but it, when the Steelers drafted him, he was like 240 or 245 oh, wow. sluggish as a rookie and dropped like 25 pounds his first off season here in Pittsburgh. And then he became the dynamic player that people remember. But I mean, is he going to lose even more weight? Is that a good thing? I mean, maybe he just doesn't feel like he has that same burst. But I really think what hurt him is, first of all, he is up in age and he ain't what he used to be. Um, by no means do I think that. But the way their offensive line blocked for him and the running plays they called weren't very similar to what he had success with with the Steelers. You know, that that stop-start, long-developing blocking schemes. It's not what they did there. And I give Joe Douglas and the Jets credit for trying to rebuild that offensive line. And they put a lot of resources in this, this offseason season. But that's a position that needs to gel. I, I bet that line is not working in continuity very well at all. Um, as for Jacobs, I believe it. We've talked about him a lot and often from a fantasy angle. I think he's a really good player. He caught a lot of passes and was well equipped to do so at Alabama. But that ha- that wasn't the case his rookie year. Um, I still think they like Jalen Richard. They drafted Bowden, who is going to be one other way to say is a running back and is much more of a pass catcher than Bell Cow. But I think Jacobs, kind of like Bell early in his career, might just be too good to keep off the field when it's all said and done and might catch 60 balls and might be in that Saquon, Cook, Elliott, McCaffrey fantasy mold a year from now where he's like a top for you know, top pick in the in the first round type of player. That's a good point about him just being too good to take off the field. You might have mm-hmm. visions of more of a committee backfield and, and giving him some rests here and there and using him like, but I mean, if he's clearly the best guy and I think there's a chance, then it's like you got to keep him out on the field if you're the Raiders and you're competing to win football games. Another aspect but of this. That's how coaches think. Like right. you and I in front office people can be like, well, you got to give him a break. Well, he's our best guy in protection. He's our best every down runner. He's our best goal line guy. He's our best receiver. And we're losing by three on the road in Denver. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm not taking him out. I'm trying to win. The other part of some of these reports is when it comes from the player, it's really hard because it's like, oh, only 60 catches. Why not 100, Josh Jacobs? You know, because he's saying what he's (laughs) going to do. So there's an element of that as well. And with Le'Veon Bell, 
uh, this is an interesting one because maybe there is something more with him to be closer to old Le'Veon Bell if he does get into shape because he's, he admitted himself that he wasn't close to being in top shape last year. So that, that could be a big thing. And he sat the whole year before, too. You can't forget right. that. That's probably part of it, too. It yeah, take him absolutely. a year to get his legs back under him. So who knows? Maybe there is some, uh, some big upside still with Le'Veon Bell for a short time with the New York Jets. Let's talk defense. Let's get into the defensive groups as ranked by ESPN. Where does your favorite team rank in each position group on defense? Coming up, you already know where rockauto.com ranks number one. Family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Super easy website to find anything you need, any brand, any model, any year Fuel pump assemblies, rockauto.com has it. Tail lamps, you bet. Engine control modules, do you even know what that is? Well then, rockauto.com is the place for you. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the exact specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. We'll just go in the order that ESPM has them here, and this was spearheaded by Mike Clay, who does a lot of fantasy stuff. If you want to hear the offensive side of the ball, we did that yesterday on Tuesday's show. Let's start with the interior defensive line units. At the very top is the Philadelphia Eagles, followed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald's obviously the best defensive lineman on this group. But there's not a lot around him with the Rams, but his presence makes the argument that they should be one. You know, I mean, it's back to that argument. Would you trade two people for Donald? Maybe, you know, I mean, he's just such a total superstar. Mm -hmm. Um, The top two are interesting, too, because Fletcher Cox, uh, to me, is in that conversation for being number two on that list. And then the Steelers, who are two, boosted the, the Eagles by Hargrave going from the Steelers to the Eagles. And I think Hargrave's gonna be a high-end starter and a perfect complement to Cox. I'm not going to harp on the Steelers too much, but one thing people might not realize is Stephon Tuitt, in my opinion, when he got hurt, I think it was week three or four, so maybe it was even a little bit later than that. I thought he was the best Steelers defensive player at that point of the season, and and that includes Watt and Minka and Hayward and all those guys. He was playing at an extremely high level and is actually a little more talented than Hayward, who was great last year. I'm looking at this, and I definitely would put the Rams too. And then the question is, do you trade Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, who I like a lot. I like Javon Hargrave quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think that that um, obviously Pittsburgh's already it's still good. Imagine you know how good they were last year with Hargrave, and they're already ranked number two here on this list. But would I trade Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave for... Aaron Donald and play Matt Williamson next to him. I mean, you know, <laughs> right, I, I might, right. I might still take Donald and Williamson there. Yeah, and, and Michael Brockers is no slouch either. Right. So he's a little better than Williamson. Right. I mean, the Rams at two would be hard to argue with. Too. I mean, or at one, Donald's that good. Any arguments for the next few? Baltimore, New York Giants, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati. One dimension is the Ravens because 
we we talked about this. I just did my edge pass rushing group, and I put Calais Campbell as an edge. And you'll see when we talk about Ravens edge, they must be counting Campbell as a tackle. So some of those guys are just hard to pigeonhole. Right. And on that same note, I'm looking at interior versus edge with the 49ers. They have them 16th on the interior. They're adding first rounder Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, an underrated nose tackle. Uh, Eric Armstead, I would consider a tackle because that's where he is in nickel. And I think mm-hmm. the Niners are going to be a nickel, you know, 60% of the time, but he's kind of a, an outside in player. And judging by these rankings, they're putting Ar- Armstead on the edge. So I'm not going to fault these rankings too much for where they have the 49ers, even though uh, total in totality, I think the 49ers do have, you know, among the best, maybe the best defensive line in the NFL at the bottom of the lists here. And real quick, they must be counting Buckner as an inside guy because Indy's at nine and otherwise they wouldn't be that high. Right. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I I think that is definitely the case. Um, 32 Minnesota Vikings, the worst in the league, 31 Arizona Cardinals and 30. Houston Texans, New England coming in at 29. New England's front seven would be really low on all my lists. Um, they play better than their – they look on paper, though, and that's a Belichick thing, of course. Houston, obviously, J.J. Watt must be an edge, I mean, because he's still playing at a really high level. Um, if, if you listen to my edge rankings, I had Chandler Jones really high, and part of the reason was Arizona's defensive tackles are just so bad. They don't demand any attention. I mean, everybody's always keying on Jones. And then as the case with a lot of these nose tackle types, Michael Pierce opting out had to really hurt the Vikings cause here. Yes, absolutely. And uh, man, the the more I think about the Vikings, I'm really worried about that team who's the playoffs last year maintaining. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Let's go to the edge. Edge Just a little teaser. I'm going to work on my power rank soon. And I can't warm up to the Vikes. So they, they keep slipping every time I think about them. Do you remember where they were last time? Uh yes, I have that in front of me. Come to come to think of it, I haven't. They were sixteen when I did these in the end of June. I mean, they'll probably won't drift too far from there because I wasn't super high on them then. But I could see them very much as a seven eight win team this year. How often do you want to check in on on your power rankings during the season? Once a month. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, if that. anyone has better ideas, chime in. That's cool. I like once a month power rankings from Matt Williamson. Mm-hmm. Let's check in on edge rushing units around the NFL. Number one is those San Francisco 49ers. Nick Bosa, D Ford. Yeah. They're including Eric Armstead in here too, which is, uh, that's a crazy three-headed monster. Oh, and they just added another top five pick in Dion Jordan, who didn't play wow. like a top five pick. This is kind of the first time I've looked at these since I did my edge ranks. But wow, those top eight have like several guys from my ranks on each team. It's you know, I mean, your Niners, both Chargers. Olivier Vernon to me is not awesome, but he's pretty darn good. I'm talking about number twos. Davenport's a two for the Saints. Bud Dupree's a pretty good two. I mean, Quinn and Mac, Chubb and Miller. Those top eight. And, and then the Jags, and we talked about this the other day. They have three. I mean, then Dockway and the two youngsters. That's a wealth of edge pass rush in the top eight. And even Washington at 10, Houston at 11 with J.J. and Merciless. Uh, I'm not sure Minnesota's quite in that class, but Hunter's a really good player. Holy smokes, a lot of these guys are all on the same teams. Yeah, you don't want to be playing quarterbacks playing against any of the teams you just mentioned there. All those in the top 10 are scary coming after 
the quarterback. I mean, Denver with Chubb and Von Miller are at seven. I mean, that just tells right. you how good some of the pass rushers are in the league right now. I mean, Washington's at 10 with Chase Young and Kerrigan. And, <laughs> right, Sweat. and Montez Sweat, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, like, wow, it's pretty darn good. At the bottom of the list, we have the Los Angeles Rams coming in dead last, 32 overall. New York Jets at 31, New York Giants at 30, and the Seattle Seahawks, who I can't imagine being done with some players on the street still to sign. Seattle's at 29. They're all awful. I mean, they're just that. That's they're as bad as the top is as impressive. Um, I think it's noteworthy. Tennessee is twenty eight, and I'm starting to get. And, and actually, Baltimore's twenty seven, which it shows that Campbell was a tackle. Tennessee at twenty eight. More and more birdies are telling me now that you can bring people in for visits. That's big news too, by the way. Um, you know, free agents can come into buildings now that aren't signed yet. I think Clowney's going to be a Titan, and maybe they'd even move on from Vic Beasley, Beasley, who's they're not getting anything out of already yet. You know, but I think he's got some some issues medically, so maybe the Titans spike here if they grab Clowney. Yeah, Clowney has been attached to all those teams: Jets, Seahawks, yeah. Tennessee, yeah. Right. and okay, little birdie. So we've got official sources here: Matt Williamson, lock it in, Clowney to the Tennessee Titans. We'll see, but that makes an awful lot of sense. <laughs> and I know he's, he's tied in with some of those guys. And maybe all along, he's just had a handshake deal with the team behind the scenes and pending physical, but we can't give you a physical. So when that opens up, we'll get you in here. And maybe that happens in the next you know couple of days. I see why they're not high right now. But when we check in on this list next year, Carolina at 26, they're going to be a lot higher. They just drafted yes. Derek Brown, Utah Gross Matos in the first and second round. I love Brian Burns. He's going to break out big time this year. K1 short inside is going to be one of the better young, I think, defensive lines in the NFL real soon. That's a good one. And frankly, I'd probably have them higher already. Like, I think they're better than Vegas, New England, Detroit that are all in the early 20s. I mean, Burns is really good. I agree. Off-ball linebacker units. The Seattle Seahawks coming in at number one. Behind them is the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three, Colts four, Houston rounding out the top five. I don't know if you and I have talked to my linebacker rankings. I, we have not, but I just finished those. So these are kind of at the tip of my tongue. I don't see major problems there. I mean, Tampa, Levante Davis is one of the most underrated players in the league. I mean, a couple of these guys have two that are on my list. Seattle has two. Dallas has two. Tampa has two. Houston has two. Minnesota almost had two. Buffalo had two that are on my list of my top 25. So I think these ranks are really solid. Looking all the way down to the top 10 with Denver, there's a lot of good linebackers on these 10 teams. I've not seen your linebacker rankings yet, but two teams, actually, if we want to get, uh, if we want to get accused of being homers here, 15 and 16 Steelers and 49ers, I feel like they could both be higher. Fred Warner, I don't know where you put him on your list. Uh, he's, uh, I think, one of the best young off-ball linebackers in the league. I had Benjamin Solak of the Draft Network on recently who said he's the best linebacker in the NFL, best off-ball mm. linebacker in the NFL right now. Quan Alexander, they stole Dre Greenlaw, who's a starting caliber player in the fifth round last year. Niners have done such a good job in the fifth round recently. Uh, that one feels a little bit low. Devin Bush in Pittsburgh added to that group. Uh, I could see that being a lot higher as well. Yeah, and Bush and Warner are both on my list. I think the arrow's pointing up on both. 
maybe I was a little low on Warner. We might fight about that whenever we talk about it, but I like him quite a bit. I hear you. I mean, I, I, I would put San Francisco's linebackers over the Steelers, but the teams ahead of them aren't bad either. I mean, Atlanta with Deion Jones, um, Evans and Brown with Tennessee. That neighborhood's not so bad. I mean, Arizona at 11, that's a lot of faith in a rookie in Isaiah Simmons to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and these lists have not been, aside from maybe Dallas with C.J. Lamb and a few others, they haven't really given that much of a bump for teams considering rookies either. So the Arizona right. one does feel a little bit high when you consider that. At the bottom of this list, the I mean, Los- Jordan Hicks is fine. But, right. I mean, Jordan Hicks is fine, but he was, you know, the, obviously Simmons carried a lot of weight there. Mm, I agree. Uh, Los Sorry. Angeles Rams at 32 yeah. at the bottom of this list. The Green Bay Packers, 31. Cleveland Browns, 30. I don't have any qualms there either. And I don't have a lot to get excited about at those positions. The Browns lost Schobert. The Rams lost um, Littleton. You know what I mean? So some of these t- teams have taken a hit at the second level. Again, New England at the bottom. All their guys are opting out. They're New at 27. At the bottom. The, the, these rankings are in two columns. Top 16 on the left, bottom 16 on the right. New England's on the right in every single category. All of these, All of these positions. Yeah, I mean, they won't be in the secondary, but their front seven is, their receivers are, their running backs are. Another really good team, Kansas City has bad linebackers too. That's why everyone had them mocked linebackers uh, mm-hmm. in, but before the draft. They went running back there. They, they went with the offense. Yeah, I think that's an area of weakness for them. But some teams also cut corner at linebacker. If you're strong up front and strong in the back, it's not the end of the world, but it's an area you can target. All right, let's finish this up with cornerback safeties units looking at those uh, defensive backfields and then the composite rankings overall according to ESPN we'll finish it up right here locked on NFL the best cornerback units in the NFL according to ESPN's Mike Clay start with the Los Angeles Chargers at number one New England Patriots coming in at number two Baltimore Ravens three Miami Dolphins suddenly with a rocket up at number four and the New England Patriot or no the uh, New Orleans Saints Running out the top five. I can't really argue. I mean, Chargers are deep at that position. Yeah. New England has the reigning MVP, and they're deep. The Ravens have like more corners than they know what to do with. Miami adds Jones and then adds a first-round pick on top of that at that position. Pretty good group. Uh, I mean, I, I really have a hard time picking nits with that one. Adding Chris Harris to that group, Casey Hayward, Yeah, uh, That that is a really – Good group of corners there. Desmond King can do a lot. Um, and the, yeah. the young safety, Nasir Adderley, didn't see much of him last year to go with Derwin James. I mean, that's secondary. Oof, look out. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. They got a lot of star power on that Charger D. And then you got Melvin Ingram would, and Joey Bosa with the pass rush up front. Right. And then he was the first round pick on Murray. Yeah. I mean, see what he's going to be like. Just in terms of corners, though, I think I'd have Baltimore and New England ahead of the Chargers, but I'm really picking nits. They're all good. At the bottom of the list, cover guys in the NFL, the New York Jets, again, another team. I mean, that you got to love well, if you're the Buffalo Bills because you see all of your division rivals at the bottom of these lists. Jets, <laughs> New England, Miami is, is, is at the bottom of a lot of these lists, too. New York Jets, number 32. New York Giants, 31. Carolina Panthers, 30. At least Bradbury has a, a, a reputation, has a track record for the Giants. And they drafted Baker in the first round last year. Carolina lost Bradbury. Ugh. I think Washington's corners are quite bad and worse than last year's. 
And the Jets have been awful at corner for a long time, especially on the outside. There's a lot of bad units because I could see an argument yeah. for um, Washington at 29, Houston, who's at 28, Jacksonville is at 26, lost both their starters from the last few years, um, Minnesota at 25. I, th- those are all bad units. Not good. Yeah, Minnesota's really took a hit. It brings us back to the earlier conversation that right. I don't trust the Vikings a lot this year. Let's check in on safeties. A lot of good safeties around the league as we talked about a lot when we did our safety rankings here on the show last week. The Minnesota Vikings, though, coming in at number one. So might not be great outside, but they're really good inside with Harrison Smith and Anthony Harrison. Yeah, they're loaded. Yeah, they're just, yeah I mean, those guys are really good. Uh, they both were in my top five, I think, safeties. Um, I had two guys from the Bills. I almost had two Seahawks. Diggs was my 26th. I had several from the Saints. I mean, so uh, I don't have a lot of qualms with this group either. I mean, there's some good safety units here, and a lot of them are on the same teams, as as we said before. I talked about the Chargers, how good that group could be. They're only coming in at number 18. I mean, Chicago's ahead of them. Uh, the that's the low Patriots. For me, yeah, yeah. That, Derwin was my number one. I think both of those feel low, actually. Chicago and the Chargers. And the Chargers. Um, I agree with you there. Like they're in the same neighborhood as like Vegas and Atlanta and Cincinnati. Uh, no, no. I mean, they're better than that. Pittsburgh at eleven has one of the best free safeties in the league. Forty uh, mm-hmm. ers not star power, but two really <laughs> solid starters, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Tennessee, Baltimore, Green Bay, Kansas City. Kansas City's got a good group. I really like Thornhill this year, too, uh, in his yeah, second season. Out. Yeah, so, um, yeah, a lot of great I, I don't have a lot, of com- a lot of problems with that one. The bottom feeders are bad again, though. I mean, some of these units are, when you <laughs> when you look at it in this format and you think, boy, look at the safeties in Jacksonville. That's a little rough on the Tampa safeties. They're just not that well-known yet. Arizona, Philly, Miami, like they're not good at that position at all. Miami's horrific at safety. Inexcusable with how easy it is to yeah. find safeties these days and how many good ones there are. Right, right. I mean, uh, that's a problem. Even like Cleveland at 24 worries me a little bit. The Giants aren't that great. Carolina, I mean, if Carolina's only 23rd in the safety ranks, foo, there's a <laughs> lot of bad units behind them. Let's check in on these overall composite rankings now. Looking at entire rosters, and we, we had talked about this, and, and we did uh, a number of different rankings, and we looked at which teams and talked about which teams we thought were the best. Looking at ESPN's list, where they differ, I think there's some clear ones, but at the top, it's the same team I had it at the top, and that was the New Orleans Saints coming in at number one, the best roster in the NFL. Number two, Dallas. Number three, Tampa. My only qualms with this, and they basically tell you that's what they did, was they didn't weight quarterback a lot more than everything else. So, they, I mean, I think if you're number one at safety, that's the same as being number one at quarterback. So, yeah, you know, and that's fine. I mean, there's no perfect way to do it. So just know that when you say, hey, the Chiefs don't have the best roster in the league, but I'm sure the Saints would give you any five guys you want from their best roster in the league from a home. So, <laughs> <Right. laughs> but I, I do think what you see then in these top and bottom units are the teams that don't have a lot of holes. And I absolutely think the top four Saints, Dallas, Bucks, Steelers are pretty solid top to bottom. And maybe they don't have Mahomes or this, you know, a star star or huge, huge strengths, but there's not a lot of holes. I say that a lot about the Saints, that I think it's by far the most complete roster in the league. 
there's a number of teams that going through this position by position that were never in the right column, the bottom 16 column. Uh, the 49ers <laughs> right, is yeah. one, Pittsburgh is one, um, mm-hmm. New Orleans is one, and we're definitely seeing them on the left side. Uh, I mean, listeners. I think gonna... Indy would be one too, that Indy's at like average or better everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're seventh in the composite ranks. They weren't super high anywhere except for offensive line, but they were always mm-hmm. solid. Pretty decent, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the bad. list, we have, uh, and actually, I'm surprised New England is as high as 24 with, with right. how bad they were in a lot of cases. Uh, New York Jets, looking at this list, not surprised they are at number 32. Washington at 31. Jacksonville, 30. Miami, 29. Carolina, 28. Those are the bottom five composite rosters in the NFL. Yeah, I don't have a lot of qualms with that either. Although, I might have New England right in that neighborhood. I, I mean, they they have a couple strengths and some very good strengths, and coaching's their number one strength, but they have some real areas of weakness. I think the Rams are kind of interesting at 25 because they're such a stars and scrubs roster. And the poor Jets, <laughs> I mean, at least they have some future picks. And I think the offense is shaping up to be kind of respectable, but no C.J. Mosley, you shaded Jamal Adams, you were already weak at edge and corner, and you weren't great anywhere on offense. I mean, like, were the Jets in the left column ever? No, I, mean, I don't think they were. Never, yeah, I, I don't right. think they were ever in the left column. We <laughs> right. just talked about good how good column. the Chargers' defense was. Were the Chargers really bad in every offensive unit? Because I don't remember the Chargers being so bad on offense with how good they look on defense to be all the way down at twenty-three. That's a good point too. I mean, I'm sure they weren't super high in quarterback, and their line probably isn't real high on deal on offense. But I think overall their roster is pretty strong, especially if you don't kill them for having below-average quarterbacks right now, which I don't think this does. They would be higher for me, too. I mean, they have some serious star power. Like, their receivers are good. Hunter Henry, the backs are pretty good. I think they'd be much higher for me. Good point. Unless Tyrod falls on his face, I mean, that defense should keep him in a lot of games. I think. And I think they're going to run the ball more, play more conservative on offense, you know. So, uh, I think the Chargers, not they're a sleeping giant, but I think they could be a play one of the seven playoff teams. So that is, according to ESPN, the best rosters in the NFL position groups, offense and defense that we covered the last two days. We will talk about Matt Williamson's linebacker rankings at some point very soon, as it is rankings season. It's list season right now, Matt. But tomorrow is Twitter Thursday. So get those questions in to us at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. We'll put out a tweet that you can respond to Twitter Thursday tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.